Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 41 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbonis, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Bob Lucius, my co-host. Bob? Hey, hey! <laughs> hey, hey to you, to Rick! <laughs> Do you know who that was, Bob? I don't have any idea who that was, Rick. Do you watch The Simpsons? Uh, you know, I no, I haven't watched The Simpsons in a long, long time. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm over thirty. <laughs> well, I haven't watched it in a long time either. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's been around a little while. It has. It has. Yeah. No, that was, was my, my that was my crusty the crown. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it did sound like now that you mentioned it. It did. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right i can't wait to hear your uh who's the old guy mr crusty butt or what's this i can't oh, remember mr mr burns <laughs> mr burns yeah i love mr burns <laughs> excellent <laughs> perfect yes oh gosh the uh, yeah that's a good show all right well welcome uh welcome everybody uh to the captain america comic book fans podcast uh this is episode 41 and uh we've got um got a, a good episode here uh we are we're we're pulling something off the off uh off the rack uh from our pool boxes um we're hitting something that's still on the shelf and that is the United States of Captain America number one, kicking off the five issue miniseries. And I'm um, looking forward to, to, to reviewing that with you today. Paper's still warm, Rick. I mean, this thing just came out last Wednesday. Well, yeah, you got to remember, though, Bob, this is going to be airing, um, oh, you know, on right. July 21st. So, yeah. well, uh, you know what? It's been out a while, folks. The paper's not warm. <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. Ink's dry. Yes. No, we're, we're recording this uh, uh, two weeks or before. So, but I'll tell you what: if you're if 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 you're looking for a copy and you can't find one, it's probably because I have a lot of them. Because That's true. I, don't, I don't know what I did, uh, but I was so excited about this book, Rick. I ordered them from like different different uh, different retailers, and uh, like they all started coming in. And I'm like, what the hell? What did I do here? Uh, but wow. I was just so excited for this uh, for this book. All right. So if you can't find it, hit Bob up on Facebook. <laughs> Give him a little ping, and I'm sure uh, Bob's Bob's a very nice, generous guy. I'm sure he'll help you out. I'm, I'm kind of generous. I'm getting a look right now, people. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'll help anybody out out there. Copy. That's true. Uh, so, what do we got going on? Anything else? Um, you know, talking about uh, the Facebook group. Um, we've been getting questions. We've been getting questions, Bob, for oh, man. Um, some of those our, questions. Our Q, I know, right? <laughs> our listener Q and A show, which is going to be um, three episodes from now, so episode forty-four. So yeah, we're getting uh, the, the 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 questions in. Um, if you've if you're listening to this now, the cutoff is already done. We've uh, we can't accept any more questions. Um, because we've already recorded the episode by the time this airs. Um, but we've, man, we got a bunch and there, there's some kooky ones in there too. Some of them are good. Some of them not so good. And some of them are crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a fun episode, right? Yeah. You know, I think we're going to be fighting over the ones we want to ask each other. 
think so. I think yeah. Oh no, Bob. Uh, this one's for you. <laughs> um, yep. So if you haven't you haven't been on the the Facebook page, you can check it out at uh, Facebook. You just just look for Captain America comic book fans group, and uh, you can catch us out there. And then also you can also check out our website, which is Captain America comic book fans dot com. Uh, and you know what? We always uh, appreciate everybody who uh, subscribes. Uh, please go on Apple uh, iTunes if you if you do that. If you haven't already, give us a five star review um, and uh, and leave a comment there. That's great, and, and we'll we'll read it here on online as well. So we we appreciate everybody's support as we uh, as we go through the show. Yeah, let's just get right into uh, into the issue we're going to cover let's today. Do it. And, we're, and we're now listen. Um, let me let me set up this mini series, which is the United States of Captain America, five issue mini series. Um, this this is bridging the gap between the end of volume nine, which just finished with issue thirty, which was the Coates uh, series, um, and before the next one is announced, um, we 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 anticipate that it's going to follow this five issue miniseries probably around the same time five comes out or, or shortly thereafter. That's that's my guess anyway. Um, so this this particular story kind of follows volume nine. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read the solicitation that Marvel wrote, um, you know, for for people to place their order for issue number one. The shield has been stolen. No one understands the value of the shield like those who wielded it. So Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson set out on a road trip across America to chase down the thief. But instead, they find the captains. Everyday people from all walks of life who've taken up the mantle of Captain America to defend their communities. And for some reason, the shield thief wants them all dead. Can Sam and Steve get to them first? Christopher Cantwell and Dale Eaglesham lead a can't-miss miniseries to celebrate Captain America's 80th anniversary, joined by a rotating series of creative teams to tell the stories of each new captain, starting with Aaron Fisher, the Captain America of the Railways, Brought to life by Josh Trujillo and Jan Bazaldua. I hope I pronounced that right. So that's uh, that's the solicitation, and that really sets this up. So each issue, I believe, uh, is going to have two stories in it. So the first one is written by Christopher Cantwell, who uh, who's doing a, a bang up job uh, on Iron Man, uh, and I believe he's also written Doctor Doom, right? Um, so he's he's writing this miniseries, um, and then the artist is Dale. Uh, Eaglesham, who is the penciler and the inker. Uh, and does that name ring a bell to you, Bob? Uh, it shouldn't. Uh, well, if you were... Like how I threw that back at you? Yeah. If you were a real <laughs> Captain America fan, and, Bob, and I am, you would know that in volume three, yeah. right after Ron Garney left with issue number five, Dale Eaglesham took over. Yeah, you know, and I went back and I looked at some of those issues, Rick, and uh, you know, the style is is has changed. Yeah, and and by the way, I'm just giving you a hard time because no, I know, uh, I know. he only did two issues. Yeah, but I, you know, the, <laughs> so yeah, this, like this real long run that you would you would right. remember. Yeah, but you know, I, I went back. I, yeah, this is one of the things I find fascinating. I, I think you know, people mature, their styles evolve, and uh, or uh, I, you know, I'm not sure, but maybe back in, in volume three, he was trying to sort of gel with the previous, uh, creative team and, and make that transition not as jarring. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. it is, but. Well, you know, and he's, 
he's been around for a long time, uh, since, um, I'm going to say the nineties, uh, doing various for Marvel and DC and actually even late eighties. Um, he had a real nice long run on, on justice society of America, JSA for DC, green lantern for DC. Um, you know, so uh, he's done a ton of fill-ins, but those, those two, I think were really, you know, nice runs by him. Um, he had a nice run on fantastic four, uh, in, in, I think it was 2008 for a couple of years. So he's, he's been around, he's, uh, he's an established artist, uh, and uh, so he's doing the penciling and inking for this particular miniseries. Then uh, the colorist is Matt Miller, uh, letterer uh, Joe Carmignana, I believe. Um, and then there's a few different editors on here. Now, we know Tom Brevoort uh, was a longtime editor for Captain America. Um, I think one is what, 14 years. And uh, he, he left the, the ongoing regular series with issue 30. Um, his assistant editor, Alana Smith, um, is taking over uh, as the new editor from when the new series launches. So she and Tom are both editors for this miniseries. And then also uh, an, another person by the name of Martin Biro. So there's a bunch of editors on this one. Um, there's a backup story, as as the solicitation mentioned, and and already said the the uh, the writer was Josh Trujillo and penciler and inker uh, Jan Basildua, um, same colorist and letterer and editors as before. All right, so but you know one thing I did mention, one credit I didn't I didn't put out there was the cover cover artist. Oh yeah, and the you know, there's a, there's a ton of variants out there, but the regular cover is a, um, uh, front and back cover, one big image, right. And it's by Alex Ross and, uh, you know, everyone from reading volume nine, Alex Ross has been the, the, uh, the consistent cover artist, um, for all 30 issues. So he, he did, um, this one, which is a really beautiful cover. I mean, he's got, you got Washington DC in the background and on uh, this, um, you know, pretty sky. And then you've got the, the American flag in the background and then you've got the four, um, living, um, characters that have been Captain America over the years. So you have on the front, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson. Um, and then on the back you have Bucky, and um, John Walker, and they're all wearing their version of Captain America uniform. So it's a pretty cool, pretty cool um, uh, painting by I, Alex I, Ross. I, I got to throw a flag down. I mean, uh, I think Billy Burnside's still out there. So, okay, you got me. Yeah, you Billy, got me. Billy's Te- out there. Technicality. It's a technicality, uh, Bob. It is. It is. But, uh, yeah, because we all know he's no longer Captain America. Yeah, there's there's a, there's some stuff going on in there, but we don't also, know what happened to him. So, uh, yeah. well, we know what happened, but we don't know what the the what the result was. Sure. Right? Yeah. So. Good point. Then uh, also, I want to go with the logo on here, which is you know it's got the old '70s Captain America logo that's red, white, and blue. You mm-hmm. know, which uh, you know we use for our um, logo for the podcast, and then it has the United States of over top of it and then it's got this really cool it's got the cap shield underneath uh america with a you know little shield and then you've got the red and white stripes so you can see that it's moving which could be talking about what's happening with the shield in the story it's also i mean it's a great aesthetic touch 
It really is. Uh, you know, it's something we haven't seen, I think, before, and uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a powerful, powerful image. And you know, I love this cover, Rick. I mean, I've got the, I've got the promotional poster hanging up on my wall. I couldn't, I couldn't, I bought a frame and I waited for this promotional poster to come out because I just, I just love this cover so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice seeing uh, these four uh, characters together. Yeah. And it's all, almost like when I look at it, cause the way they are, their arms are out, it almost looks like they, they have their arms around each other. You know, like that's the impression I, the first impression I yeah, get when you're I look right. at it. Yeah. Like they almost, almost, you like know, they're linked. Yeah. Like they're linked. Like they have their arms. Around. They don't. It's but, like a scrum, right? Yeah. They don't, Perfect. but it, but it, it, that's the first thing that it appears to yeah. me. Like they're brothers in arms with their arms around each other. Um, but nice. yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Very nice. All right. Uh, so I, there's two parts to the story. As I mentioned, uh, we're just going to cover the first part. Um, because uh, we want people to go out and pick this up and, and buy it. It's still on the racks. Um, so we're just going to cover the first part. Uh, no, no disrespect uh, on the second part. We just want to make sure that, that, you know, we leave something for people to go out and, and buy um, and, and stick with the main story. Uh, the, and do we want to, do we want to get yeah. right into it, Bob? Or do you want to no. talk a little bit about no. what's, what the precursor has been, the buzz has been, yeah. the feedback has been about this book before people even read it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been, we've been uh, handling posts about this book since, uh, since the solicitation came out, right? Right. And, uh, and I think it's important. I mean, it's, it's important for people who are listening right now to go out, read the book, man. Read it. Because yeah. uh, we people have been speculating and, and you know uh, cheerleading or uh, complaining about you know where the book was going and and uh, without any sort of intel about what the book actually uh, talks about what it says what the characters mm-hmm. do and now the book's out so there's no excuse not to go out and spend your I don't know what what is it four ninety nine now yeah you know prices are going up. But they're like, go get the book. But it's a it, thick book. I it mean, is you, the you thick You get book. two stories in there. It's a, yeah. it's a bigger than normal book. It's yeah. a gorgeous book. So go out and get the book and read it because uh, it, uh, the time for speculating is over. All right. So let's just jump into it and then we can kind of chat about it uh, afterwards. I, you know, and here's the thing. I, I, I want to do this story justice. So when, when Cantwell was writing this, um, it's basically a monologue by Steve Rogers late at night. He's in his, his home, I believe in Brooklyn. Um, and he's looking out a window and it's dark inside. He, he, he only has a small lamp on. Um, but it's so intertwined his monologue with the actions of what he's doing that I want to almost describe the actions now so that I don't have to pause his monologue because I think his monologue is so strong um, that I, I don't want to interrupt it. Um, and this is classic Captain America, you know, yeah. with him doing monologues, you know, this is something that people, you know, come to expect and appreciate uh, about a Captain America story. Now you can't have it every, every issue. It gets, it would get old fast, but um, you know, Steve having a monologue about the current state of America or the current state of his situation and how, how, you know, it fits in or, you know, what his place in the American society is. 
these are, are, you know, these are fairly common, you, one could say trope, you know, of, of, mm -hmm. of Captain America for the last 50 years. Right. Um, and so, but when I read this, I, I was like, wow, Cantwell gets it. Yeah. He gets yeah. it. And he so does. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and just describe it and then I'll read the monologue. So, so Steve's in, in his, uh, apartment. It's dark outside. He's he's looking very reflective. He's alone. Um, as I mentioned, his his apartment's dark. He has just uh, you know a small lamp on, and he's uh, he's putting on uh, a kettle to boil some water. He's getting out some supplies, which is uh, baking soda, salt, some vinegar, and uh, he's mixing it all together. And this this apparently is what he uses to clean his shield, and it looks like a a, a ritual right, that he's, he's doing and he's done probably, you know, thousands of times. And, uh, you know, we all know how important this shield is to him. You know, it's, it's kind of like a limb, you know. I, mm -hmm. I, I, think he, I think there's been times where writers have written it, in, in, you know, in the fact that, you know, it's like when he, when he doesn't have a shield, it's like he's, he's missing a limb. Um, so it's, it's a part of him, and it's an important part of him. And he, you can see how much reverence um, that, you know, uh, that Dale, uh, does here when he's uh, drawing the pictures of, of, uh, Steve going through and, um, uh, yeah, just, you could tell there's just, just so much reverence he has for his shield. Um, there's, there's one, one part where he's sitting on, he's done uh, cleaning it and he's got it next to him on, on the couch and he, and he's, he's got his arm out, you know, resting on the top of the couch and he's looking down, he's, he's got a drink in his, his other hand. And it's almost, it's almost like he's on a date with it. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's some symbolism here, you know, of, of how much uh, he, he really appreciates this. Um, and as he's, he's talking, there's, there's some uh, images and I'll, I'll get to those in a minute. I'm loyal to nothing except the dream. And that's in quotes. I actually said that once. And he did. It was in uh, Daredevil uh, 233, uh, which is a classic uh, story, uh, you know, and um, uh, it's a classic monologue. I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to nothing except a dream. Here's the thing about a dream, though. A dream isn't real. When we wake up, it goes away and we're left with this yearning inside, like something was taken from us, at least that's one kind of dream. But lately, spending my days in this country as the years march on by, I'm starting to think America actually has two dreams and one lie. The first American dream is the one that isn't real. It's the one that some people expect to just be handed to them. And then they get angry when it disappears. When the truth is, it never really existed in the first place. Germans have the, this neat word, Fernway. It means a longing or nostalgia for a place you've never been or for a place that might not even exist at all. We have words for that in the States, Americana. This is the white picket fence fallacy that, if we're not careful, becomes nationalism, jingoism. And jingoism is basically just a, a very uh, violent nationalism, 
uh, across, across borders. That dream isn't real. It never was. Because that dream doesn't get along nicely with reality. Other cultures, immigrants, the poor, the suffering, people easily come to be seen as different or un-American. The white picket fence becomes a gate to keep others out. We're at a best when we keep no one out. A good dream is shared. Shared radically. Shared with everyone. When something isn't shared, it can become the American lie. The lie is a real problem because it comes in the form of an empty promise. A while back, we told the world they could come here for a better life, but too often we turn our backs on them. Instead of a dream, they get handed a raw deal. Then there's the second dream. This one's real. But we don't hold it or own it. Heck, we can't even touch it. We reach for it. We work. We toil. We struggle. We fight together. We may never reach it, but we never stop trying. That's my dream. The Smithsonian is putting on a special exhibit called America's Who Fight. Tell you the truth, I really don't love the name. Only because sometimes we fight when I feel like we could handle things another way. In my mind, there were Americans who fought. Sure but also reached. They laid themselves bare, and they did it without serums or powers or metal suits. And at this point, he's showing pictures of uh, times, you know, over, uh, I don't know, the last, you know, 80 years since he's been around, and, and you see different uniforms, and um, you see a bullhorn, which I, you know, represents people, you know, uh, marching, I suppose. You see a uh, a, a dining a diner um, uh, table, which you know um, represents, I think, the, also the, green, the Greensboro sit-ins, uh, yeah, North, North Carolina, yeah. Rosa Parks's dress, mm -hmm. and uh, and a jacket of the United Farm Farm Workers Union. Yeah, nicely done. The museum wants to put my shield on display. They have an old replica but they believe the real deal will mean more to people. But unlike those other folks, the ones who reached with selfless clarity, I find myself too often stripped of what I'm supposed to stand for. I'm pretty easy to repurpose for people's various agendas. And I'm also an easy target when things in this country get bad. And believe me, they can get bad. Sometimes it gets so far away from 1940 when I first got injected that it all seems pretty ridiculous. Honestly, I started to wonder if I divide more than unite. So often, a shield can become something to hide behind. I wonder if lately, I've been hiding too. Of course, the people who want to kill me always seem to know exactly where to find me. So I'm going to go back to that previous page uh, he says, I'm pretty easy to repurpose for people's various agendas. And here we are. There's a, a guy wearing a Captain America shield t-shirt, and he's he's uh, pretty aggressively yelling at someone and telling them to get out of his, his store, it looks like. I, I don't know. Um, and when he says he's an easy target, there's a, 
there's like a, a mannequin with a Captain America uniform on, 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 on a stick that's being lit like a torch. Um, and when he says it all seems pretty ridiculous, you know, there's a, uh, a woman who's sitting there in a, in a Captain America t-shirt with a shield on the, on the counter. And, and, and she's basically selling all this different stuff about caps, right. And there's keychains. Uh, there's, there's a zombie cap figure in the background, um, and I guess if I'm Steve Rogers, I probably would look at that and go, wow, it's gotten a little yeah. ridiculous too. Yeah, it's the commodification, right? It's, yeah. uh, you know, and I want, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if this was a dig at Disney and, uh, or what, but it's, it is, it is caps a real person, Rick. Gosh, man, we can't be commodifying him. Right. So uh, before I continue the story, um, because then we get into a big action scene, but I just finished the monologue, right. And this, this, um, took up uh one two three four five six six pages of, of the first six pages of the story now now bob there are people um who are uh first of all love this um we've seen some of that reaction in our facebook group i, I we haven't seen in the facebook group um people who hate this yet uh and i'm, I'm very very pleased about that um, because I think, but there are some people out there who don't like this monologue. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's interesting because, um, these, there've been a few articles, right. That have, uh, been, been written about this. Um, and I think, uh, you know, and, and they're basically saying that, um, uh, I'm reading a headline now, um, uh, from the, uh, the Washington times, um, they, the Washington Times published an article, and it says, Marvel celebrates July 4 weekend by having Captain America say American Dream isn't real. Anyone, anyone get that? I didn't get that from your reading, and I certainly didn't get that from reading it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess technically he said that, but he, he said there are two dreams and a lie, Right. And he says, the first dream, well, first of all, he said, you know, dreams aren't real. You know, you, you wake up and you, you, there's a longing, right? Uh, you know, that's, that's how he basically comes out and talks about dreams themselves. Uh, and he said, you know, there, there are two dreams in a lie. And, and one American dream that is, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, is the Americana, is, um, is, is, a, is a lie. Right. And, and because it's not something that ever really existed. You know, I think a lot of people in their minds, um, you know, the, the white picket fence uh, theory, right, is, is that, you know, that this there is this nostalgic uh, feeling about America that existed a certain way at a certain time. Um, and maybe for some people it might have, but for most people it didn't. And uh, you know, there's, it's like that Norman Rockwell, you know, I mean, like even, you know, Norman Rockwell, you know, these amazing paintings, right? Just he's, he's a, he's a icon, he's a legend, but even he, when he was painting these Americana photos, he even said that he was painting these to represent the best, represent what it could be. Um, and, and, looked at it with a with a beautiful eye 
right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, th- those were the aspirations. Those were the dreams you hoped for, but they, they, you know, maybe didn't really truly exist. And I think, I think that's what Steve's saying here. And I think, you know, obviously the writer Cantwell is, is saying, um, but there is this other dream, which is the dream that he represents and the dream that he says that he fights for, right? He, he comes out and he says, um, you know, that's my dream. Um, you know, the one where the, the one that is real, you know, the, the one you, you can't hold it, but, but you can reach for it. And we work, we toil, we struggle, we fight together. We may never reach it, but we never stop trying. Right. And that's what I thought, like when I read this is like, yeah, he gets cap. Right. Because because that's the cap that I think of. I think of the cap that never says die. Right. He he's always, uh, you know, uh, trying to you know, he, he, he doesn't give up. And and, you know, he's fighting for, um, you know, he doesn't like bullies. Right. And, he, and, and you know, he's been. In other, you know, in the Facebook group, uh, someone put a, a panel up that uh, says, you know, um, you know, never forget, you know, the the strong protect the weak. You know, I mean, like, like these these are the things I think, you know, he's talking about. So I, I, I challenge anybody out there, um, if you're going to read these art uh, these articles that um, essentially are, listen, the headlines are there just to to get you, you know, to react and to read and to sell advertisements. I'm in marketing. I understand. I get it. Um, but for these people that that have all these strong opinions uh, and have not read the story, read the story and have an open mind. Um, and and you know, I think in some cases, you know, there's people out there who, you know, they they may have an agenda or they they they're just looking for a reason to be upset because they didn't like something else that's been addressed in the story. So anyway, I, 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 I'm sorry. I apologize for pausing right now, but um, you know, I get a little defensive of my favorite fictional character of all time sometimes. And, uh, and I, I thought it, we just wanted to address it. And I want to see what you say, Bob. No, I think I, I think you're spot on. And I think, you know, look, this is these first few pages, Rick are um, they're dense. Oh, and man, he's getting choked up people. No, no. <laughs> They're dense and they're and it's extremely nuanced. I mean, the integration of of the monologue, the writing, with uh, the imagery, uh, it's important. And I and I think it's important. Uh, this isn't just something you can gloss through, right? This isn't an, an action sequence you can read through once and and you get it, right? This is you, you got to read these pages. I think a, a handful of times for the message to sort of sort of percolate right and mm-hmm. to and to reflect on it and uh, and and I do think that a lot of folks are are reading something into this that isn't reflective of one cap's legacy because what he's what he's saying here is is not antithetical to uh, what cap has said going back to the 70s for crying out loud um, and exactly. it's, and you can pick it pick it apart out of context and and come to some conclusion but it's it's dishonest to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to read the entire thing, words and pictures in context uh, a couple times, a few times in order for the import of it, I think, to really sink in. Right. And once you do, as you said, I mean, it's quintessential cap. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 I'll, and I'll, I said it before and I'll say it again. Um, I, I haven't seen any negative comments about this particular monologue in our 
Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. Um, and in fact, I've seen many, many positive responses of people who are like, love the monologue, you know, this, you know, this is, this is the cap that I, uh, I love, you know, uh, Cantwell gets it, you know, um, and, you know, uh, a few people were like, you know what, after just reading this one issue or like, I hope Cantwell is going to be the new ongoing writer when, when the Captain America series picks up. So, right. You know, so, you know, you know and the, other, the other thing, Rick is, uh, man, there's history in here. So, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things I really like about, uh, about comics is that not only is there, you know, discussion of contemporary issues through a particular, you know, through a lens of, of fantasy, but I love when books, you know, we talked about this when we read Truth, uh, uh, books that have uh, history, you know, yeah. sort of interwoven. I, I, and it forces you to sort of get on Google or, or you know, whatever, pull out mm-hmm. your Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica or whatever you do in order to sort of research some of this and go, oh, that's what that imagery is from. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a history lesson. It was. Yeah. You can tell uh, how much uh, Campbell did his research for this. All right. So let's get back to the story. Now, um, he he did mention, Steve mentioned um, that uh, the people who want to kill me always seem to know exactly where to find me, and and at this time, come crashing through the night sky and through the window into Steve's apartment, hitting Steve in the back of the head, is a darkly silhouetted figure that appears to be dressed in a Captain America uniform, and um, there's a struggle, uh, Cap picks up his shield um, and knocks his character. It looks like through a wall, um, but the guy, uh, you know, lands on cap and knocks him out. Um, and uh, cap wakes up, you know, grabs his, uh, or he has on his, his wrist watch, you know, um, his ability to, uh, you know, have a little walkie talkie, if you will. And he says, ah, Sam, are you around? I need the Falcon in the air, Brooklyn. ASAP. Also, my shield's gone. So then we cut to the next page. Sam's flying uh, in his Falcon uniform uh, over the night skies. I don't, even, I don't even fully understand what I'm looking for. This guy moved so fast that I could barely lay a hand on him. So that means a very fast man. Yes, Sam. One dressed like me. Like in your uniform? Or like a, a 90s J. Crew ad. Falk, come on, this is serious. Hold up. I've got a line on something moving quickly into Astoria through the park. Definitely a pedestrian and definitely not using the crosswalks. On my way. And at this point, uh, Steve's in his uh, Commander Rogers uniform. So if you're not familiar with that, um, it's uh, think of the movie. Um, uh, Winter Soldier in the beginning where Cap was wearing like the blue uniform with the white star on his chest, but the like almost like the white wings coming from the star um, without the, the red gloves or anything. And uh, so he doesn't. He doesn't have the red gloves or the red boots. Um, and he, he's got a, a, a newly designed mask on that's more like the MCU version. Uh, so it has the painted on wings and he's got the chin strap. Uh, and he's peeling out in his motorcycle, um, and he's he says, I'm on my way. He's gunning toward Hellgate Bridge, freight train approaching from the other side. Damn, I'm having trouble keeping up with this guy. And you do. You, you see this this guy in a Captain America uniform with the cap shield running 
very fast. Now, if he's running so fast that the Falcon has a hard time while flying, keeping up with him, he's got to be some sort of meta, right? He's got to be some sort of uh, super-powered character here. And so Cap's on his motorcycle. Stay alert. If he's got something planned for the bridge, we won't have much time to stop it. And then sure enough, on the other side of the bridge, there's a train coming. He's going straight for the bridge, Cap. I could see him. Going to try to get to him before he reaches the locomotive. And he jumps off the the running motorcycle and he yells, hey, stop. And um, the, uh, the fake Captain America stops and he takes and he throws the shield at uh, some sort of, um, you know, uh, power uh, generator that that blows up, which causes um, a collapse onto, onto this high-rise uh, bridge um, track. So Cap is like, no, he's getting away, Sam. Try to head him off. Cap, I think you got a bigger problem. There's a second train coming. The freight wreck is blocking the other tracks. I can't push 200 tons out of the way in the next eight seconds, Steve. And so what, is, what does Cap do, Bob? He runs on the track toward a speeding train. You don't often see someone running right towards a speeding train. Not, not, not more than once. <laughs> and so he jumps up onto the train just the right time, and he tells the conductor, break, break. And, of course, the guy breaks. Um and uh, but there's, uh, you know, still a, a crash. Right. So Steve, um, he's, he's going in there to help people. Um, and he's, you know, if you can if you can hear me in there, stay calm. Help us on the way. Don't move, folks. I'm going to get you out. And he's carrying a woman out. You're right, ma'am. Just fine. He's got another one. It's OK, son. I got you. Hold on a second. Then he sees in a silhouette outside of a figure holding a, a Captain America shield. He goes, hey, stop right there. And he jive, uh, jumps on him, using my shield to do something like this. And um, and St- uh, Sam yells at him, Cap, Cap, stop. That's not the thief. And he's about to punch him. And uh, and it's just kind of a, a skinny kid in, in overalls, wearing um, kind of like a really bad knockoff kind of Cap you know, uh, costume. He says, I'm just trying to help, man. Who are you? I'm Captain America. Bad jokes will get to broken teeth, son. Give it to me straight. Uh, Aaron Fisher, sir. Aaron Fisher, sir. What's the deal here, son? What's going on? I I mean, how much time you got? And he pulls off his mask and uh, he's got a, um, kind of looks a little bit like, uh, uh, was it Dakin Wolverine's son with the, with the Mohawk and like the side, you know, and, and a little bit of a little bit of mullet in the background going on. And he's got a, a red, uh, handkerchief tied around his neck. He's got a white t-shirt, blue overalls with a painted on white, uh, star on the front and some red stripes. He's got some tattoos. I mean, how much time you got? I just ride the rails. Didn't dig home, you know, and dad tried to beat the me out of me. Anyway, left with my boyfriend a few years ago. Broke up, though. He he stayed in Missouri. Sorry, I'm really kind of nervous. Kid, why are you dressed like Captain America? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, listen, uh, there's a lot of cool people on the rails, kind of like family. But uh, some real pieces of bleep show up, too. Uh, I take care of folks like that. 
Uh, keep them out of the our, our nice little world. So you're what, the Woody Guthrie version of Captain America? Bob, who's Woody Guthrie? Oh, Woody Guthrie, the uh, the poet and uh, songster of uh, of the rails, man. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Sam Wilson, two Captain Americas for the price of one. I can't tell you how much it means to meet the both of you. You fight for everyone. I mean, everyone. I want to be like that, too. And he, and he holds up his shield, you know, which is a kind of a makeshift, makeshift bented up shield. And Sam says, wow, I appreciate that. I do. Yeah, me too, Aaron. Why don't you help us get these people to safety? We three caps can work together for a bit. There's more of us. Uh, there's more of us, you know, captains. Really? Where? More places than you think. Huh? And just then, St Steve looks down and he sees there is a, um, a sniper uh, laser scope on Aaron's chest. He says, down, and he pushes him down, but he, so the, the bullet misses his chest, but hits his arm. And Sam says, there, and you see the sniper up in the area. And Cap grabs Aaron's shield and tosses it and uh, knocks a gun out of the, the uh, sniper. And it's a, it's a woman in a uh, black, tight, uh, skin-tight outfit uh, with a ponytail, and she dives into the uh, river. I got to tell you, Bob, you know, I know we've been covering these Ron Garney issues, you know, and, and uh, you know, of course, you know, my, my first reaction is Sharon Carter, but obviously right. it's not Sharon Carter, right? But, right. But, I uh, hope not anyway. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, after the, after the MCU, you never right. know. You right? never know what they're trying to do to synchronize. Yeah. You know, Rick, I got to stop you. I love that, that one panel where he says there's more of us, you know, captains, uh, more places than you think. Uh, yeah. That panel just gets me every time, man. Um, because, you know, we talk about that all the time with the group, right? What would Cap do? I mean, yeah, we don't have super soldier uh, serums, right? But we're all just trying to live up to that, those sorts of values and the example of Cap, our favorite fictional character. And, and in a way, you know, we're all trying to be Cap in our, in our own way. Uh, and so that, I think that panel speaks to a lot of people. A hundred percent, Bob. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, and you know, who else would agree with you is uh, professor Mark white. You're right. Um, you know, the philosopher who wrote the virtues of captain America. Um, you know, we had him on uh, episode 30. If you uh, want to check out that, but um, we talked about that, you know, is, is captain America as a fictional character? Can he be a role model? And what would cap do? That is, that is our motto in the group. Um, so Sam says, who was that? No idea. She almost killed me. You're right. You. She went right for you. Why the hell? I'm just some kid on a train. No, Aaron. You're Captain America. Well, not really, though. You said there are more like you, right? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not some super team, just some people. We don't even really know one another, but they're out there. All over the country, man. The next day, so we're back in uh, Steve's apartment with a boarded up window. Kid skipped out on you, seriously? Yep, right after the doctors patched up his arm and, and gave him something for the pain. So that's three Captain Americas last night, plus me, which I count as five caps because, you know, I'm worth at least two of my own. 
what we've got is a superhuman pretending to be me and wrecking havoc with my shield. We also have some loose underground network of Captain Americas. I think it's Captain's America. And an unknown female assassin who almost killed one of them. She might be targeting the whole network. We got to find these people. Also, hey, uh, can you watch the crumbs? What about this track star wearing our, right, our red, white, and blues? Judging by the train stunt, I'm guessing he wants to sully the shield, cripple what it stands for. Here's the thing. Just you and I outnumber this bad cap 50 to 1, mostly because I'm now counting myself as 49 caps. Hmm, that's a darn good point. Maybe that's the way we go after this thing. Can we just cut to the part where you ask me to suit up again? You in? You know I am. I look good in that gear. I need a shield. I think I got an extra. And then next page, the last page of this story is a splash page, and it's Sam and Steve shaking hands. Let's do this, Cap. Sounds good, Cap. To be continued. And and as I said in the beginning, um, the next story uh, is the story of Aaron Fisher. And um, it's basically, you know, his background, his introduction, um, you know, how he took up uh, the mantle of, of trying to, um, uh, you know, be inspired by Steve to um, to help help people in his his area. Um, and there's a little bio in the back too, um, the uh, of the captain's network. Uh, so he's he's 19. He was born in New York City, or actually, um, last known location. He's a teen runaway who fights to protect rail riders and queer runaways like himself. Champions the unhoused and the destitute. Note from Sam: This kid's hard to track down. He stays on the move, going wherever he's needed most, and doesn't leave much of a trail. Hopefully, that'll keep him safe from whoever's looking for him. Note from Steve. He looks like he'd blow away in a strong breeze, but he's a scrapper. Took that gunshot like a champ. Just hope he's not in over his head. So I have a feeling, Bob, as we go through, because, uh, you know, as, during the solicitations, we, we learned that uh, there's a new um, new character from the Captain's Network that we, uh, Cap and uh, Steve and Sam, run into. Uh, and I imagine we'll, we'll get more of these bios and more information. In fact, um, uh, the next issue, uh, it says, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson are hot on the trail of the shield thief, but their adversary remains one step ahead. And he has friends in low places. Some of Captain America's oldest enemies are behind his behind this scheme. But can Steve and Sam figure out who these enemies are and what they want in time to stop them? And who is Michelle Wright, the Captain America of Harrisburg? And will her uh, community stand up when the shield thief frames her for a terrible crime? So we'll meet her in the uh, in the second episode, our second issue. And by the way, uh, for those who are interested, uh, we'll we'll cover these as we 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 come come out. So I think the next where this is issue, uh, episode forty one, we'll cover issue two in episode forty five, which is scheduled to come out uh, August eighteenth. Um, so fear not, we will we'll do that. But we do highly recommend you pick up the book uh, so that you could continue um, reading the second story. And as Bob pointed out, um, you know you really should see uh, this, especially the monologue, the way it's laid out and and, uh, and and 
see it in your for your for yourself. Hey, uh, Rick, what I'm I'm really super excited for, besides of course the next issue coming out, but at the uh, at that bio page, right, the notes from the Captain's Network where they talk about Fisher. At the bottom, they uh, they solicit uh, if you've got a tip about the Captain's Network, send an email to m as in Marvel Heroes at marvel.com with your emails marked to print. And I, I'm super excited to to read some of these letters that come in. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I mean, of course, the letters have always been an interesting part of, uh, of CAP, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm just so excited to read some of the letters about uh, people's reactions to this particular episode and subsequent episodes, subsequent issues as well. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe we'll cover some of those. I hope so anyway. Yeah. So let's talk about that, right? So um, one of the things that I think people latched on to very early on during the solicitations was... Um, you know, the fact that Aaron Fisher is gay. And um, now there's, there's no hiding the fact that Marvel did this in the month of June during Pride Month as a way to connect, uh, you know, the two, the two occurrences. And listen, Marvel is a business, okay? They are going to do what they need to do to sell more comics, as a marketing guy, I get that. I don't have a problem with what they're doing. I don't have a problem with them tying in this story um, and making Aaron Fisher the one that comes out in June rather than the one that comes out in August or September or whatever. I get that. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I know that a lot of the uh, people um, who are in our group, like again, we have 4,000 people in our, our, our Facebook group. Um, 4,000 cap fans, I should say. And um, there were many who have spoken up and said, um, you know what, as someone from the LGBTQ community, um, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to have representation. I'm thrilled to have uh, somebody, you know, um, that I can relate to. Um, and, uh, and I, and, and, you know, there is inclusion, right? Um, and so there was some debate on that and not just in our group and, but, uh, all across, right. Um, on, is this forced inclusion? Um, some people have even said, well, I, I hate it when, you know, they're, they're replacing my character with a PC version, whether it's a female Thor, whether it is, uh, a female Wolverine, whether it's a, uh, black captain America, um, now a gay Captain America. And, um, you know, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think that's what they're trying to do here. Uh, I, in my opinion, I think the, first of all, Captain America is not being replaced, right? So it's nothing like a female Thor, you know, because yes, uh, Odin's son was replaced, you know, with a female Thor. Steve's not getting replaced here. Okay. Steve's still going to be Steve. Um, he's still going to be Captain America. He's still going to, you know, exist as far as I can tell. Um, so these are not characters that are replacing the main character. Um, what are they then? Well, they are people like Bob, like you said, like you and me that have been inspired by Captain America. And they have taken up 
the colors, taken up the shield to do what? To protect the innocent, to stand up to bullies, to, um, you know, help those in need. And, um, you know, that's what Steve does. You know, Steve, that's what that's what Captain America does. He, they, they, they inspire. Right. So um, I think to me, that's what's going on here. I, I, I don't see this as a, a PC move. Sure. It's a marketing move to to have, you know, the tie in with the Pride Month. But I don't see it as a PC move. I, I, I'm not upset by this. In fact, on the other hand, I'm actually really happy about this because as a straight white male who is 50 years old, I have, <laughs> I have more than enough characters that I can relate to in comic books. I, I, I know what it's like. I mean, I, I, I have people that I can relate to people. I can, you know, if uh, not, not emulate, but you know what I mean? I mean, just, I can, appreciate because they're straight white males you know what i mean mm-hmm. um there's more than enough of them to go around I, I i i do not begrudge someone who is not like me having a character um that uh, they can now you know relate to um anyway so i, I i'm i'm actually you know pleased about that because uh, it is something that I think, um, you know, the more people that can enjoy the industry of comic books and the medium of comic books, the better. But yeah. anyway, sorry, that was my uh, Captain America soapbox. I, I and, and listen, if you disagree with me, that's fine. I get it. I appreciate uh, other people's points of view. I'm only talking about mine. Um, and, uh, and and now I want to hear from you, Bob. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you know. I don't appreciate other people's points of view, but I'm more than happy to share my own, <laughs> you know, and there's two things I, I would, I would suggest that people go back and they'd listen to our, uh, our recent interview with, uh, with Tom Bravort, right. Mm-hmm. Where we asked a question about Marvel's sort of policy or not policy, but sort of it's, it's vision about uh, inclusivity and representation. And uh, you know, we learned in that conversation that Marvel, you know, increasingly thinks it's important that, um, Everybody has somebody they can look to and say, hey, that person's that hero, that character is is like me in some way. And there's a, you know, there's a universe of, of differences among people. And, and so we should see a universe of differences among characters. And the other thing I would say is, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always hesitant to admit that I belong to any other Facebook group other than uh, the Captain America comic book fans group, which is near and dear to my heart and certainly the number one group in my uh, in, in, in my priority list. But I belong to a couple groups that I, I, I enjoy just for, uh, you know, learning about things and, and different ways of enjoying Cap. And a couple of them are uh, dedicated to folks who who spent a lot of money and a lot of time developing their cosplay personas. I mean, they, they spend money, uh, a great deal of it sometimes, uh, honing the look of Captain America, buying the uniform, buying the helmet, buying the shield. I mean, the whole picture. And some of these guys and gals do a, a phenomenal job. And why do they do that? Like, why do people invest that much money? Uh, and I will tell you, many of them go out uh, they, they were in July 4th parades, they go to hospitals, they do fundraisers for, you know, sick kids. It's because they have this yearning, Rick, it's like, like many of us do, they have this yearning to want to be heroic. 
and, and, and they look at Cap as a moral exemplar, right? As a heroic exemplar that they want to sort of emulate in, in the way that they can. Uh, and we're all limited in the way that we can because we're not comic book characters. And so I see these characters uh, in the Captain's Network and Aaron Fisher, Fisher being the first of them uh, as, as somebody that looks to Cap as a, as, a, as a moral and heroic exemplar. that They're trying to emulate in their own community in the limited way that they can. They're not superheroes. They're people like you and I, but they've stepped up and they're trying to do what they can. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I want to see more of that. Uh, so I'm really excited for these subsequent issues. And I can't wait to see how others are trying to live up to the Captain America dream. Well put, Bob. I agree 100%. All right. Well, if, uh, you know, we, we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, so by all means, you can call in and leave a, uh, a voice message. You can go to our anchor page. So the link is provided in uh, whatever podcast that you're listening on to. Just look there and you'll see the link. Uh, you can leave a message and, and, um, and tell us your thoughts. And maybe we'll play it uh, when we cover issue two in episode 45. Um, you know, or you can also, uh, you can ping us on Facebook or, um, you know, when we, we post this in the Facebook group, you can also message underneath there as well. Um, we would love to hear your feedback as well. So anyway, um, uh, talk about uh, next episode, Bob, uh, episode 42. Uh, we're going back. We're going back 40 years, Bob. <laughs> oh my God. I was, uh, I was, I was barely a gleam in my mother's eye. Hmm. I, I got that wrong. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, 1981. Uh, we're going 1981, uh, and uh, we're going to cover Captain America 265 and 266. And you might say, "Hmm, what's special about those two issues?" Well, uh, it's a cool little two-part story. Um, it has the art of Mike Zeck and John Beatty, which is the first time the two of them uh, worked together. Uh, on Captain America, and it guest stars Spider-Man and Nick Fury. Uh, so that, you know, we thought that would be a fun two-part yeah. story to, to cover. So we'll do that in next episode in number 42. That was the heart the heart of, uh, of my comic youth. I was, uh, what, 81? I was, like a, I was like a freshman, sophomore in high school. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. All right, Bob. Well, as always, it's been fun wrapping the cap with you. Yeah, this has been a great episode. This has been uh, a lot of fun. I can't wait to do the next one. Absolutely. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Fribonis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.